Hi, and welcome to BJGP Interviews. I'm Nada Khan, and I'm one of the associate editors of the BJGP. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to this podcast. We're speaking today to Becky White, who is a research fellow at the Epidemiology of Cancer, Healthcare and Outcomes Research Group at University College London. We're discussing her paper titled Underlying Cancer Risk Amongst Patients with Fatigue and Other Vague Symptoms in Primary Care. So thanks, Becky, for joining us today. I just wanted to start with by saying that this is a really interesting paper because you looked at an issue that's really common, and that is tired people presenting to their GP. And then you looked at what's the risk of cancer here. So tell me a bit more about the background to this research and how vague symptoms are managed currently under referral guidelines in primary care. So the reason for looking at this is um, partly to do with the the background of um, fatigue in primary care. So as you said, fatigue is a very common symptom. Uh, Most of us will probably experience it at some point in our lives. And for some people, it gets bad enough, they need to go to the doctor to find out what the underlying cause is. So the difficulty with fatigue is it's a very general symptom. We're calling it a vague symptom. So it could have lots of possible causes. And in most cases, it's not going to be immediately life-threatening, but in a very small percentage of patients, fatigue will be a sign that they have a serious disease like cancer. So how things work currently for doctors is uh, we have the NICE guidelines in the UK. So these will tell doctors whether they should send a patient on an urgent two-week wait referral for investigation for cancer. And most of those guidelines refer to what we call red flag symptoms. So those are symptoms where it's very clear that the patient uh, could be at risk of cancer. So these are things like breast lump or coughing up blood. So these symptoms are very well catered for in the guidelines. But there are other symptoms which are more vague by their very nature, things like fatigue and weight loss and abdominal pain, for which we actually don't know that much about the risk of cancer in those patients. And the fact that they're not uh, catered for that widely by the guidelines at the moment could reflect not that there are no patients who are at risk of cancer in those groups, but that we just haven't done the research yet to know what their risk is. So this program of work that I'm doing on patients with fatigue is really to work out when they present with just fatigue and they don't have one of the red flags, which would tell the doctor what to do, uh, what is the risk of cancer in those cases? And is there anything about those patients, so other aspects of their background risk according to their sex and their age, and also other symptoms that they present with, other vague symptoms like weight loss and abdominal pain, that could tell us the actual risk of cancer. Okay, so tell us a bit more about what you did in this in this study. So in this study, uh, we looked at the health records of patients who went to their doctor with fatigue for the first time. And the group we were looking at was patients with fatigue who didn't have a red flag symptom for cancer around the same time that they went to their doctor about fatigue. And we wanted to see how many of them were diagnosed with cancer shortly afterwards. 
And we also looked at whether they had another vague symptom like weight loss or abdominal pain, for example. So we could try and find which groups were at the greatest risk of cancer. Uh, we followed these patients up for uh, nine months and we found that in older patients who were tired and had other vague symptoms, more than 3% were diagnosed with cancer within the next nine months. And these are the vague symptoms that were particularly important were weight loss, abdominal pain, abdominal bloating, constipation and heartburn. And we looked at 3% risk because that was to match the current risk threshold that's used by UK NICE guidelines when they recommend to GPs who they should refer for urgent cancer investigation. You reported on symptom combinations, and I think that's really key. But tell me a bit more about that, because this is interesting for practice. So symptom combinations you looked at included fatigue and back pain or fatigue and shortness of breath, for instance. So what symptom combinations should patients and GPs be specifically concerned about? You you highlighted a few of them. So um, I think the key combinations that came out of this work were fatigue plus weight loss and fatigue plus abdominal pain. So for both older men and women, uh, their risk of cancer, if they came in with those combinations, were over 3%. And it was particularly high for men with fatigue and weight loss um, over a certain age. So their risk was over 6% over a certain age. I think it was uh, around 70. And what's interesting is that other studies recently have also looked at groups of patients with weight loss. So there's been a separate study about patients who go to their doctor with weight loss and then looking at the symptoms in combination with that. So that was by colleagues Brian Nicholson uh, uh, and co at Oxford University. There's also been a similar one into abdominal pain in Exeter University by Sarah Price. And this is really interesting that it's actually confirming what these other studies have found about those groups. So I would definitely say from this that uh, weight loss and abdominal pain are pretty key symptoms alongside fatigue to indicate that patients might be at risk of cancer. The results that you're highlighting suggest that if a patient presents to me with fatigue, then I should be looking out for weight loss and potentially abdominal pain as other things to trigger thinking about. Is this cancer or not? So any other key findings from the paper that you want to highlight at all? Um, So another interesting thing that we did find, which wasn't the main focus of the study, um, but we wanted to spend a little bit of time on it, um, was the association with anemia. We briefly looked at the risk in patients with fatigue, no red flag symptoms, but they did have anemia. And in those patients, the risk of cancer was quite high. So it was over 3% in older men and women with fatigue and anemia. Although this is already flagged in the NICE guidelines as something for concern, I think it really underlines how important anemia and fatigue in combination is. And we know that because anemia can be its own explanation for fatigue, and it it could be tempting, I think, to end the follow-up and investigation if you establish that a patient who's tired has anemia, it could be tempting 
tempting to say we've solved it. But I think this just highlights that sometimes anemia can actually be another symptom for an underlying cancer rather than the end diagnosis. Mm. So I think it really does underline that it's important that it's in the NICE guidelines. And when you're talking about cancer, are there any specific cancers that um, are implicated? I'm just thinking about how we would go about investigating. So what should we be doing if yeah, people are coming in with these vague symptoms or anemia? Are, are there any specific cancers we should be focusing on case finding? So the, the real difficulty with this kind of study with something like fatigue is that it is such a general symptom. And so we were not able to look at which particular cancer site in this study. Uh, so, we, so though the risk of having those cancer sites is very low, we saw that in patients with fatigue, it was quite a lot higher compared to what it would usually be for patients of the same age and sex. But my, my hunch is that Fatigue in this group of patients with fatigue, we need to look at other symptoms and in the future, maybe other test results that can tell you more about which cancer site to suspect first. This will be a really interesting area to study. I think it will really help so we know that multi uh, MDCs or uh, multidisciplinary centres in the UK, they're called rapid diagnostic centres, are being developed. And that's specifically for these groups of patients with vague symptoms um, so that they can be investigated for lots of different possible explanations at once. I think that more research will be really helpful to feed into the development of these centres. I mean, you've touched upon the NICE guideline thresholds, and certainly some of the findings that you've shown in this study show that these symptom combinations reach that 3% threshold, and in some cases are much higher than that. Do you think that there's a scope for improving NICE guidelines to include more vague symptoms like fatigue more explicitly in the guidelines, and maybe even get rid of calling them vague symptoms, because that, in, in a sense, sometimes might disguise the importance of them? Yeah, I think this is a really interesting question. I'd, um, I think... It depends a little bit on the future of NICE guidelines and, and how they will work with rapid diagnostic centres. So I think probably what's challenging at the moment is that the routes, the established routes are two-week wait uh, referrals, which are usually for a specific cancer site. And it's very difficult with a symptom like fatigue to know which route to send someone down first. Uh, what I do think is that studies like this, are sh you know, show that there are groups of patients with fatigue who are, are at an overall high risk of cancer in general. And that could be enough to suggest, well, perhaps patients, older patients with fatigue and weight loss, we might consider a further investigation for cancer. But perhaps the recommendation can't be site specific based on what we know at the moment. So I do think that we have enough evidence to consider some adding those into the recommendations. There are a few considerations, um, for example, around older men with fatigue who we found had an over 3% risk of cancer. A really important thing to remember is that the risk, the underlying risk of cancer in general is already quite high. So if we blindly said, let's test everyone whose risk is over 
it, when they come in with fatigue, we actually don't know what their risk is just anyway. So for any older man who comes to the doctor just feeling generally unwell, it could be because of their age and sex that their risk is already quite high. But would we say that means we should always test them urgently for cancer whenever they come into the doctor? We, we might possibly have issues with over-testing if we were to recommend something like that. So I do think that's an important consideration. Mm, that's a very sensible and balanced response. So <laughs> Thank you for that. And I agree with you highlight that there's going to be a bit of push and pull here with the two-week wait guidelines and the introduction of these rapid diagnostic centres. So it's going to be interesting to see how these work in practice. And at the moment, we've got these referral pathways for kind of dealing with these vague symptoms, you know, the, the gut feeling patients that we worry about and referring them to services where they will investigate if they've got things like weight loss, but we can't actually demonstrate where exactly the, the focus of the cancer. So it will be interesting to see how this all pulls together in the future shape of primary care diagnostics around cancer. So, yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add relating to the project or the results? I think the final thing I'd like to add is just how important it is to study the cancer risk in patients with vague symptoms. We we've known we know from a few studies so far that only half of patients who go to their doctor before they're diagnosed with cancer will report a red flag symptom beforehand. So a lot of patients will be diagnosed without having had one of these red flag symptoms. And we also know that patients who are diagnosed with cancer after presenting with vague symptoms tend to experience delays uh, before they get their diagnosis. So just generally, the thing I'd like to add is I, I think understanding the risk of cancer in patients with vague symptoms is very important to help doctors diagnose these patients earlier and um, catch the patients who are at greatest risk of having cancer. And as you say, because this can be a diagnostic challenge, I think it's been a really interesting paper to read just in terms of cementing some of these thoughts around how we approach vague symptoms. So thanks very much for going through it with us. Thank you. It's been great to talk to you about it. And thank you all for listening today to this podcast. The original research article can be found on bjgp.org and the show notes and podcast audio can be found on bjgplife.com. Please share if you've enjoyed it and subscribe in all the usual places from your podcaster of choice. A quick reminder about the BJGP Research Conference, which we're holding in London on the 31st of March 2023. If you'd like to register or get any more information, the conference website is bjgp.org forward slash conference. We're planning a packed schedule to bring new research for primary care and we'll have some great opportunities for networking and I'm hoping to see some of you there. Thanks again and bye.